If you grew up in North America, like me, you're probably used to seeing geese everywhere. When you look up and see a flock of geese, you've probably noticed that they always fly in a V formation. Why? Each bird flies slightly above the bird in front of them, reducing wind resistance. They take turns being in the front, and when a bird gets tired, they fall to the back of the formation. If a goose drops out of formation, they'll often find it takes far more effort to fly. In fact, scientists estimate that a flock of geese can fly 70% farther with the same amount of energy if each goose flew alone. Synergy is when two or more work together and create a larger output than the sum of the individual parts. So basically, one plus one does equal three. Basketball is a team sport, and the teams that work the best often win, a lot. Winner, winner, Today we talk with two former college basketball players and discuss the evolution of the game, explain the positions, go through different team systems, and talk about our favorite coaches. Millions of people watch the NBA every season, rooting for their favorite team, picking their favorite players. My name is Dylan Garvin, and I'm more interested in the game outside of the game. In this simple game that involves one ball, two hoops, and ten players, how do you crack the code and build the perfect team? This is Dynasty. All right, we're here with John Delgado and Alex Jordan today. No Ryan, unfortunately. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Alex. How long have you been playing basketball? Yeah, man, I started playing basketball when I was about four years old, so pretty much 17 years. It's been an interesting journey. Started playing in rec leagues, and um, it's been it's been fun. Yeah, the highest level I played was uh, Division One at Northeastern. I, I walked on. You made the team, though. Yeah, I, I, I walked. I made the team, so uh, that was a good experience. How about you, John? I've been playing since like three or four years old. Uh, I'm a little bit older. So, I don't know, it's like 27, 26 years been playing. Um, always had fun. Uh, been, a, been a part of some really good teams, which has uh, been a blessing. Highest level of basketball I played was um, strong D3 basketball at uh, Cairn University, formerly known as Philadelphia Biblical University. Favorite team and favorite player? Favorite team and favorite player? Well, for a long time, it was Oklahoma City with uh, KD. That that was definitely a really fun, interesting series. Um, like time to watch basketball. And uh, but right now, I definitely go with KD and Golden State. <laughs> <laughs> I transferred, but yeah, Golden State's really nice now. So big fan of KD then. Yeah, he's a really good player. Yeah. Rod. No, you're Kevin. Right, Kevin. I party. No, no, you don't. I would have to say favorite favorite player. I'm gonna go LeBron. Ooh, um, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure we'll get to it. And then I would say my favorite team has got to be the 76ers. Uh, just love the uh, atmosphere, being able to go watch games, and it's not all about the wins, um, <laughs> as us uh, Sixers know. But it's, it's cool just to be a part of uh, being close to that city and, and watching it. You know, trusting the process as it goes. And uh, seeing it seeing it grow as it is right now, it's been really exciting. Nice. Um, I'm Dylan. I played basketball till fifth grade. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. Uh, just for point of reference, what's your height, John? I'm a solid six three. 
<laughs> Alex. I'm 6'3", yeah. Oh, 6'3". Uh, what position did you play primarily? You can kind of walk through if it changed positions throughout time, but... Oh, sure. Uh, well, I think the primary position that I should have played is, like, the two or the one. But uh, growing up, I was taller than a lot of people, so I played a lot of uh, four and five, and then a little bit of three. So, um, it's been an interesting transition. Like, as I got older, I was able to play more and to work on my skills more. So, I was able to transition to more of the two and the three. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I mostly played the four when I was growing up. You guys are saying numbers like four and five for people who don't play basketball or maybe watch basketball as much. What does that mean? Well, so the, there's five positions that you can play on the basketball court. So the one would be the point guard. The two is the shooting guard position. The three would be the small forward. The four is the power forward position. And the five is the center position. And uh, so the one through five are just numbers that people use to help to label the positions. John? Yeah, um, same. Uh, I was always kind of a taller for my age category. So it was always shoved down low, playing the four or the five um, since as early as I could remember. Um, definitely hurt, though, because you get to the, the college and when you're 6'3", you kind of need to have those handles, be a, be a point guard, be a one or a two. And I was still stuck in my, my four or five stage, and that definitely hurt um, coming out of high school. Uh, and now uh, in, my, in my old man basketball, I'm a solid <laughs> three. Um, you know, pretty versatile. Nice. Yeah, I always joke that I'm a power forward stuck in 5'8 body. So. <laughs> Do you think that's kind of a problem growing up, not teaching the kids necessarily the skills that for the next level, j- just because you're 6'4", then you're going to be a short guy if you keep going, in the, especially if you're playing college or if you go further than that? I think I think so. Um, I also coached for a little bit. And I think that was the, the biggest thing is coaching is trying not to – shove kids into positions just because of their height or where they are right now, but also being able to see like where they're going to be in the future and how to mold them. And I think a good coach is able to, to coach a kid, no matter their age at all positions. Uh, Cause you never know where a kid is going to, is going to be. And then also you look in the NBA now and you have guys who are six, eight who can dribble the ball and, and you have to be, you be able to do kind of it all now. Um, that's kind of the new player. And I think the new generation, when you look at, at small kids now is not so it's like they're jacking up threes they look at Steph Curry and you just see these kids in, in the gym they're chucking up threes they're not working on you know form or anything they're just uh they're jacking up threes so they want to be like Steph Curry so I think that's gonna be the next problem uh that we're gonna see is that everyone just wants to shoot threes <laughs> no one how to box out or rebound yeah. or set Play defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no I mean for me I definitely agree I feel like uh, growing up, I was definitely put down low a lot, and uh, for the reasons of, I mean, of, of the height, but without necessarily some a coach who was really looking to grow me as a player, like for future interests, like John was talking about. So, but, but I mean, I think my coaches had like a good interest for me at heart, but I just don't feel as though that like they they molded me in the way that they could have to help me to to, to reach the next level at my at, at like the expectations that people have at those levels. Yeah, I guess it's difficult because it's kind of that argument of do are we focusing on developing players or are we focusing on winning at whatever level we're at right. now? 
So when we have a 6'4 guy in high school or sometimes even middle school, it's okay, even though he should be learning those valuable skills, I really need him to focus on rebounding and he's taller than everyone else. So he, he can just put up easy layups and stuff like that. Whereas he gets taller, we might be sacrificing him in the future because we're not developing the way we should. I think to echo off of that too is um, the players themselves. I think sometimes um, when you're at that young age, it's easy. I'm six foot four. I'm taller than everyone. Mm. So I'm just going to limit myself and I'm not going to push myself to maybe bring the ball down the court um, and maybe, you know, get it stolen a couple of times because I'm not a strong ball handler. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, but that's what you have to do. You know, that's what the great people and great players have done is they've pushed themselves um, to where they're weakest and, and then use those as their strengths. So I think it also, it's not all on the coaches. It's also on the players. So point guard. I think a floor general, um, someone that is going to be able to call out plays, bring the ball down. Um, ideal point guard is going to have good ball handles, which means like able to dribble the ball, pass the ball well. Is looking at um, not necessarily putting up a ton of points, more uh, you know um, making the plays happen, give assist. Height wise, it's usually um, you know maybe one of your shorter guys. Shooting guard. All right, yeah, so for the shooting guard position, pretty much it goes as described. Uh, <laughs> that's where you get your Michael Jordans and your uh, J.R. Smiths. Kobe and, Bryant. And, yeah, Kobe Bryant, and then even more at Ray Allen. Mm-hmm. So they're usually known for their shooting, whether it be three-pointers or scoring in general. In the NBA, their height is usually around like six foot six, and they're usually like pretty solid ball handlers they can back up the point guard sometimes they're not necessarily the best ball handler but they might just be a good shooter like a really good shooter like Kyle Korver for instance small forward it's one of the tougher positions that's where I think you also see your uh, your defending grind really start because as a small forward you're kind of asked to guard taller guys smaller guys as well you're kind of that in between um Kind of similar, 6'6 to 6'8, I would say, player in the NBA. Um, also a good shooter, but probably a little bit beefier than your uh, your shooting guard. It can kind of defend those uh, those bigger players. Power forward? So the power forward, they have a lot of power in them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're the, the forward, known for like uh, beefier in their body than, um, than small forwards and the guards and they usually get a lot of rebounds and a lot of putbacks and uh, a lot of dunks as well in today's game a lot of power forwards are also they're able to shoot as well and center yeah center's gonna be your your big man down low um i mean you think of true centers you think of like a shack it's just a big guy who is a big body who probably can't shoot the ball uh very well but is gonna get you a ton of rebounds uh, put the ball back up, put it in, strong dunks, um, just that big over seven feet, um, but also thick, meaty guy that can uh, that can get the job done. Right, you guys said a lot of stereotypes. You said point guard, small, ball handler, shooting guard, scores, center, big guy, can't really shoot. I think in today's game, just as someone who didn't really play the game, but I love watching the game, I think a lot of people are breaking those molds. Uh, you have Kevin Durant, who's listed as six foot ten, who's really seven foot tall. Oh, um, he can handle the ball. He 
plays perimeter. You have LeBron James, who's six foot eight, but he's a huge guy. He he could play power forward or center if he wanted to. He often defends those positions. So do you think that's the way the game is going? Like we have stretch fours now. We even have stretch fives now. We have Joel Embiid, Marcus Gasol, just those unique people that we're starting to call unicorns. I think of Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kristaps <laughs> Porzingis, Joel Embiid. So do you think that's good for the game, kind of breaking the mold? I do. I think it's great for the game. I think it brings it back to being an all-around player. Um, and I do. I think I think we're going away from the point guard, those stereotypes. And I think that's another reason why we talk about one through five. Because we almost don't know. You don't want to label a player. You don't want to label a LeBron James LeBron a small forward because he doesn't actually fit that mold anymore. When you stretch a player, you also stretch the game and like the abilities of, of what it's looking like. And I think that's why these high point games and they're they're thrilling now. I, I think people are harsh and I do think it's a little bit real that defense is slacking, but I also think that there's this new breed of basketball players that are almost positionless. Oh, yeah, and they're so hard to defend. Mm. You can't you can't defend like what do you do when a LeBron James is coming down full speed ahead? Like <laughs> There's no good defense against that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's been exciting to see kind of, you know, what we can do as people on those basketball courses. Crazy. But mm. not we, because I can't do it. But <laughs> people can. <laughs> yeah, so I, I definitely think the the way that the game has changed in the sense of the classical positions have been, like you're saying, they've been, the molds have been broken. Maybe when you have people like Magic Johnson, who kind of back in the day helped to kind of break those molds open and being a six foot nine point guard, which is an anomaly and being an extremely talented point guard as well. Like it definitely makes the game a different sort of um, animal, so to speak. It, It just changes the way that people kind of enjoy the game and how the game is played in in the sense that you don't necessarily just expect like a big man to to just get rebounds and just uh uh do dunks or even like layups or anything like people saying the game has evolved so with the positionings changing and with people being more skilled or even with shorter players like Isaiah Thomas and Mm. and players like that like being able to excel despite of like being a non-traditional not not meeting the expectations of who you would expect to be the best player in the league or amongst the best players in the league it's just an interesting dynamic how the game has changed i think a smart way to think about it too is you have these skills in basketball right you have shooting ball handling rebounding rim protection perimeter defense so I think a smart way to think of that is take those skills and say, okay, as a team, who's my ball handlers? Who's my guys who I can trust to be good perimeter defenders? Who's going to guard the net? Who's going to get in there, get rebounds? Who's going to set screens? And that's a better way to think of it is, okay, instead of saying, oh, do I have three point guards? Do I have three shooting guards? Do I have two centers? So instead of that, just thinking of the skill set that you have and working on those things. Yeah, and the more the more skills you have as a player on that team is then a better your team. If you look at like Golden State, the reason that they're so good is because each one of their players is more than just that mold. Um, so it's really hard to defend. So you you what do you double team Steph Curry and then leave you know name that player, put him in that you know he yeah. can can do the same thing, right? That's the Splash Brothers. 
yeah, you can take the three away from Steph Curry, but Clay's going to then hit the three mm. because, you know, it's not that little mold where only one guy can hit the three, only one guy can, can dribble down the court and it just stretches that defense, which is really um, – that's key to a championship game is to really break down the, the defense. I'm going to break it up a little bit. Um, so I don't know if you guys heard the last one, but Colin was on my brother and we were talking about like some of the teams and players and he didn't know who they were. So I joked that we would play um, fake player or not. So I kind of wanted to start doing that with my guests. So here's the rules. I'm going to go back and forth. We'll start with Alex. I'm just going to name the player um, and you're going to say real or not real. If you get it right, then you get a point. You can keep going if it is a real player. If you can name the position, I'll give you another point. And if you can name the team that they're on, I'll give you another point. Wow. All right, Alex, we'll start with you. Deron Williams. Real player. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one point. Point so, guard. Yes. Oh, Cavaliers. Nice. All right, three points to start off. <laughs> <I'm> done. <laughs> All right, John, Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> uh, fake. No, real. Oh. <laughs> uh, center for the Miami Heat. Oh, of course. All right, Alex. Thaddeus Young. Real player. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, position. Power forward or small forward. Yeah, it's, we, should get, we should get bonus for that. Uh, last team. Um, I think it was on the the. Oh, Pacers. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, John. Evan Turner. Oh, uh, real. Good. Uh, position. Uh, shooting guard. Yeah. Last team. Don't say 76ers. <laughs> uh, the Spurs. Nah. Ah. Uh, Trailblazers. Oh, right. The Trailblazers. They're still a team. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex. Max Tozier. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna say real. Real? Nah, it's fake. Okay. <laughs> Max Tozier. <laughs> Who's that? John Serge Ibaka. Uh, real. Yeah. Uh, position. Big man. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Thanks. <laughs> hey, let's play both. Uh, yeah. team. Hmm. Thunder. Uh, uh, Raptors, no. Uh, Ace trade. He was uh, two years ago, but... Um, I haven't out. watched basketball for the last two I years. Know. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be really outdated. <laughs> Alex, David West. Real player. Position. Power forward. Team. Golden State. Nice. John, Josh Bolden. Uh, fake. Point. Alex, Tyler Eulis. Real player. Nice. Point guard. Sons. Yeah. You said that Alex wouldn't get this. <laughs> you set me up here. I, I, they're just coming to me, man. I, every time I talk to Alex, he's like, I'm like, oh, like, he's like, no, man, I've been watching a lot of basketball. Like, I just watched the playoffs. <laughs> I'm naming, like, all these teams who, like. <laughs> Do you play 2K? Yeah, that's it. I, I that's used it. to play. Yeah, I used that's to, it. Yeah, I used to. I haven't played 2K. I, I think the one I have is, like, five years old. Yeah. All right, I'll start naming old players. Um. <laughs> Kyle Korver. Oh, he's real. Position. He can do anything, but he's a he's a small forward. Shooting guard. 
He plays both. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, as long as you're like close. Yes, he plays small yeah. friend. I'll get it. Uh, team. Um. <laughs> uh, caps. Yeah. yeah. All right. Someone yeah. watched the finals. <laughs> <laughs> Luau Dang. Real. Yes. Small forward. Yep. Uh Lakers. Oh, you're killing out. <laughs> <laughs> you got you haven't gotten anyone any wrong yet. No, I got the the mad guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Gregory Rush. Wow, fake. Oh, nice. Alex, Jose Calderon. Real position point guard team raptors that was yeah. a while ago yeah oh uh, it's all right uh it's the Cavs. oh just wow. signed with the Cavs. oh okay I yeah. <laughs> sorry that's a little you didn't more get recent. the newest uh, 2k yet <laughs> john malcolm brogdon oh malcolm brogdon um he's real yeah <laughs> um, i'm gonna go uh he's a shooter yeah and uh, he plays on a uh, West Coast somewhere. Uh, no, <laughs> the Bucks. Oh, Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks. Milwaukee. Alex, Marcus Stanley. Nothing. Nice. Nick Young. Real. Position. Um, power forward. No. Point guard. Nah. <laughs> Shooting guard. <laughs> um, was the Lakers. Uh, was no, he's the on Lakers. the Warriors now. He's on the, war he's now on the, the Warriors, Warriors now. So give me a point for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, Ian Clark. Real player. Yeah, you knew that one. He's, on, he's uh, I think he's a guard. <laughs> Combo. <laughs> Got it. Oh, okay, cool. Positionless. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's on the Golden State. Yes. All right, we're gonna do uh, three more each, okay? Okay. DeAndre Hopkins. Real? No. It's a football player for the uh. Houston Texans. <laughs> um, let's see. He's <laughs> a real player. <laughs> just not a basketball. <laughs> no, I didn't know this was just limited to basketball. <laughs> well, if you told me wide yeah. receiver yeah. for the Houston Texans, coming so. off. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias Harris. Real player. Position. Uh, four or two or three. Yeah, it was on the Pistons. <laughs> I ain't go harder next time. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking I was going too hard. <laughs> TJ McConnell. Oh, real? Nice. <laughs> Position. Uh, point shooter. <laughs> He's a point guard and a shooting guard. He's, He's a terrible shooter. <laughs> I'll give you point guard. 76ers. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Hey, when they need them, they need them. Yeah. <laughs> Lamrick Azul. No, fake. <laughs> fake. That's an NBA 2K. Like the oh, okay. randomized name. <laughs> Lamrick. Ersan Ilyasova. Ah, uh, real. Position. Uh, small forward. Bow forward. Yeah. <laughs> Team. Um, Spurs. Nah. The biggest Spurs player. Hawks. Oh. All right, I think it's one more each, right? Sure. Sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> Kavan Looney. Real player. Uh, 
think it's a guard or a small for I mean a uh, uh, shooting guard. No. <gasps> a power forward. Oh, oh team. Uh, I don't know. Uh Toon Squad. This is really deep. Yeah, this is uh It's like fifteenth man deep. Oh, okay. <laughs> um let's say Raptors. No, Warriors. Oh wow, okay. Um I don't go past player number six on that squad, <laughs> so. Nikola Jokic. Oh, real. Nice. Position. Um, small forward. No. <laughs> He's a very tall man. Power forward. <laughs> Center. Uh, team? I'm gonna go, uh, Pelicans. Pelicans, no. Nuggets. All right, with a score of John 14, Alex 26. Wow. <laughs> um, this will be a continual thing on the podcast, so each guest will do it. So if you guys come on again, nice. study up. So I'm going to make it a lot harder K. next time. <laughs> You're talking like overseas stash players, oh, <laughs> never actually in the NBA. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to talk about kind of different offensive systems. It's all right, like, we don't have to put names on things. Like, it doesn't need to be run and gun or pick and roll. But I would like to talk about those things if you've ever been in those. So just kind of go through your experience of when you played throughout high school or middle school, college, what systems did your coaches try to install? can't really remember anything when I was super young, like middle school age. I think it's just fundamentals to just get the ball down the court and mm. don't do back courts and don't travel and all that kind of stuff. Um, setting screens, I guess, is a fundamental thing in middle school um, that's being taught. But uh, I, I guess kind of the biggest two that I've played for is um, kind of fast pace and slow pace. And that's fast pace is getting the rebound, finding your outlet, and trying to get the ball down the court as fast as possible. Um, trying to get a bucket as fast as possible. Hmm. Um, slowing it down would be getting a rebound, kind of holding it back almost letting the defense get back and then going through your offensive set. So going through your playbook. The, I think the biggest difference between the two of those, when I played on those two different types of teams is one had a, a larger playbook. The, the slower one you had to learn, you know, over 20 plays because that was the whole thing. It was kind of, it was more of a chess match of slow it down, see what the defense is in and let's do plays off of that. Yeah, I think of, uh... Just real quickly, I think of the seven-second offense with Steve Nash and mm -hmm. Phoenix Suns. I'm sure you remember that. Uh, their goal was to seven seconds. Didn't always work out that quick, but um, they're trying to score as fast as possible. Focus was on defense. And then you're saying the slow stuff. I think of the grit and grind of uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, mm -hmm. and I think of the Utah Jazz kind of today. Spurs in a little Spurs, bit as yeah. well. Um, that that fundamental. Um, and both have you know it. Uh, both come down to the coaching and the team. Um, you know, if you don't have players who can run and are in shape, you can't do the fast-paced offense well. Um, but then if you don't have uh, players that um, kind of have patience, it's really hard to do plays because they just want to, I think the shot's open. And a coach is going to say, you might have a shot that's open, but there's going to be a better one in three passes, and I know that this is going to work. And it's really cool to, to play for coaches that – are really good at drawing up plays um, and that are calling out plays from the sideline um, and kind of being the floor general off the floor being the coach 
because they they really do have this vision of understanding you know almost the human instinct of what the defense is going to do and how to counteract that i think i had more fun though in the fast pace yeah more fun uh, yeah I guess probably being a big man, yeah. you get it, toss it down, kind of watch it, <laughs> you know, or, you know, you run down as a big man and, you trail. Uh, yeah, you trail and, um, you know, you know, pass it off to you and it's an easy lab and you just hustle back on deep. Yeah. So basically, uh, it's very similar to John, just very much like, uh, a slow pace and a fast pace. I know there's a lot, there's references to pushing the ball after you get a rebound or just um, bring it up slowly to get into an offense. I think in terms of just some plays and some systems that were very common to me were there was the three out, two in. So having three uh, perimeter players outside of the three-point line and then two uh, front court players more inside of the three-point line and like along the block or along what they call the short corner. Those were some common areas, or you can change it to a four out, one in, depending on your player's skill set or your or the personnel, the height, or whatever matchups you're trying to get into. And then if you have like a lot of guards or a lot of people who can handle the ball, then you can have a five out system where it's just a lot of passing and cutting and, and weaving and all that sort of stuff. So, but uh, those are the ones that were, that I was mostly familiar with. John, when you coached, did you try to focus on anything or just kind of teach them everything? Yeah, at the ages that I was coaching, probably teach them everything. Um, I think though, to kind of go back to what we were talking about before, yeah. um, when you start doing like, like what Alex was just saying, like the three, three out, two in, that's when you're really starting to say, all right, you three players are better outside here. You two inside. I want you just to focus on being a big person. And a lot of the times with a, th- a three out, two in, and this isn't all the time because there's a lot of great coaches out there. You'll see it in college if they do it well. I think the problem is when coaches don't do it well, um, they'll just have the two big guys, you know, screening for each other. Just you guys almost just moving into the same section, just like switching areas. Yeah. Um, instead of really utilizing it to be, hey, you need to be able to be on the outside as well. And so I, I think as a coach, it's really to not, oh, that's just the easiest thing to do. Um, to be able to, to at least come up with plays that your players are both outside and inside and able to mm. be effective in all of those. Yeah. Um, I also coached when everyone was kind of like the same height uh, so yeah. you kind of had to, you never really had a big man. Yeah. Um, you had a couple, a couple kids maybe better at ball handling, but there wasn't that true, like, all right, the big center is going to set a screen here. Or mm-hmm. I want him to be down low to get rebounds. It was like either everyone crash on, you know, on offense or maybe everyone just get back on defense because we're not going to out-rebound this team. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably just steal it. Is there anything that you see in today's game that you think really works well and you really like love watching that aspect? Yeah, I mean, definitely, um, like you said, the pick and roll is a huge part of the game. Um, A lot of different plays go into that system where where you can have like a double pick or um, a pick and pop, depending on your personnel or like you said, depending on um, the, the type of mismatches you want to try to get into. So I think things that work really well, depending on the player, like if you have like a player like Dirk Nowitzki, 
or a player like Kevin Durant, like those sort of forwards who can set picks, but then also they can pop out and mm. you can kind of work into isolation plays or you can work into just an open shot or, or whatnot. It, those are really like highly strategic plays that are using the NBA. Things that are pretty important nowadays is that the the spacing that you have. So Pete, like always wanting to spread the floor and, and use the, the most of the court so that people can have lanes to cut or go back door. People, you can cut or go back. Yeah, you can drive. Yeah. Or you can uh, set the, the off screens to have like mm-hmm. some picks and stuff. So just a lot of things like that are pretty interesting. Yeah, when you have a threat that everyone can shoot, like Golden State, that kind of opens up the lanes a little more uh, so they're not clogging the paint so you can get easier layups because they have to respect the shot. Some people watch and they say, oh, Steph Curry puts up too many threes. Him putting up threes, whether they go in or not, draws the defense out. So when you have those position players and that's their role, it's actually really good that they're doing that because you have to then start respecting a good shooter and then it does open it up. Um, so as a former player, you almost enjoy when your teammates start shooting more because it's going to start moving the defense out. And that, and that I guess it kind of goes into my next point. I think one thing that we haven't hit on is clock management. Um, and one thing I, I love about NBA and college is that there's a shot clock for offense because clock management is a humongous thing that some teams are awful at and it's actually why they lose. Sometimes you need to slow the game down because of how many points you're up versus how much is on the shot clock versus how much is on like the game clock. And then there's other times where you need to actually like hurry it up and when do you call a timeout and when do you do a quick three versus hold the ball. kind of stuff so um, I think growing up and especially when you play pickup you see a lot of iso ball which is one guy has the ball and he's just trying to beat his guy one-on-one does that work in today's NBA I'd say yes but mostly depending on the player who has the ball definitely today's NBA they've catered the game to be an isolated sort of game so in the sense of like you can't hip check or hand check anyone, so that really enables play offensive players to have the advantage while they're doing their moves, or even the way that they don't necessarily call a carry on the crossover the way that they used to. But at the same time, if you're not skilled enough to really get a, sh- a good shot off, that or to to really get by your opponent, then it doesn't really work for you in that way. Final thing: favorite coach you ever played for, and why? If you don't have one, you can say. Uh, <laughs> if you don't have one, you can say um, favorite coach you loved watching in college or in NBA. Like to me, Greg Popovich. I I love watching what he does. I think Jay Wright is my favorite coach to watch right now. Um, obviously, that's college, uh, but I think one his X's and O's um, he's got down pat. I think, but also just his um, demeanor. Um, I think he's one of those coaches, and I don't know this for a fact, but it really seems like a coach that pours into his players and cares about his players um, and cares about their growth. I think he's at a program 
um, that I really appreciate that they're not just a, a pre-NBA. They're not like a Kansas City or a Kentucky that – One and done. Yeah, a one and done. Hey, we'll get you in here. Mm-hmm. That he actually cares about his players. And then you see he he's creating these – you know, you take like um, Ryan Archie Diacono, kid, local kid mm-hmm. who was mentored the right way through Jay and, and you know, now is playing in – you know, summer league basketball. That's really cool. Yeah. And um, to kind of see that. And uh, he's probably one of my favorite coaches to watch and see what he does. Um, my high school senior year coach, very similar to him. And he was my favorite to play for um, as well. When I was playing at Northeastern, I think, I mean, the, the coach there, he, uh, just the way that he, like uh, John, John was saying, how he poured into the players, certainly on the court was, a, like, it helped to develop players in, a, in a, like, a very good fashion. Um, he taught, like, the ins and outs of the game. And, um, like, he, he taught a lot of the stuff that people were doing at the NBA level, and he brought it down to, like, the collegiate level. So that was really interesting. And I feel like I learned a lot under him. Like just being a part of that team was an interesting experience. But in terms of a fa- like a favorite NBA coach, I mean, I definitely enjoyed watching Scott Brooks coach when he was with the Thunder, and um, with uh, Katie and Russell Westbrook. Uh, they definitely were able to kind of strike a balance, even though. Westbrook and Durant um, were both pretty dominant players. I feel as though he he managed them pretty well to be able to orchestrate the the team to make it to a higher level, even though they didn't necessarily make it all the way. They were going against some pretty stiff competition. And they were young. Yeah, so uh, watching him coach and make it like the best of his opportunity was a really good thing. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. We'll be releasing them every Tuesday during the NBA playoffs. Dynasty is produced by Studio D, and you can find other podcasts by going to studiod.co slash podcast. You can listen to us there or any other way that you get your podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at this underscore is underscore dynasty for extra content and to join in on the conversation.